Hi, it's Jesse, and this is a shout out to everyone who jumped on JoeFresh.com to get my limited edition matching family collection. It's been selling so fast. The baby romper, the kid set, and the dress are my obsessions for the summer. I am loving seeing them on your kids, and they're so affordable. The toddler dress is $16. That's why I bought 10 and smuggled them back into the U.S. illegally for my friend's kids. I shouldn't have said that on a recorded medium. Anyway, the Jesse Collection is out now in select stores and at joefresh.com. Get it before it's gone. Or before I'm gone. To jail. This week on Phone a Friend. It's a mid-season banger that's 24-karat golden magic. The Golden Bachelor had a golden wedding. How long until the golden divorce? The Golden Globes kicked off with romance, drama, and sexist jokes. And Sarah of the Bird's Papaya reminds us all how to love our bodies in 2024. I just have this hope for humanity that Mm. everyone, even the Kardashians, Mm. have the right to change. I'm going to give you a moment to give yourself some positive affirmations in the mirror during this short break. Then we'll begin. You are smart. You are funny. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are funny. You are... Sorry, are you still recording? No, go to the commercial. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Girl. Let's phone a friend with Jesse Crookshake. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. I'm Jesse Crookshank here with you for another quick little mid-season banger. It's actually not going to be that quick. I have so much to talk about. I don't know how I'm supposed to make these tight and short. I can't. Who else am I going to talk about the Golden Bachelor and the Golden Globes with? And if you hear a certain energy, a little pep, even a, I don't know, a calm, relaxed tone in my voice, it's because my kids went back to school this week after a three-week holiday break. And let me tell you, as I stepped 
onto that elementary school campus, I felt what can only be described as uh, like butterflies. Like I was smiling. I couldn't stop smiling. Just like beaming as I walked them to their classes. Absolute elation at the thought of dropping them off and picking them up eight hours later. And also, I should mention, they were just as happy to get away from me. They were like, thank God. And after we kissed and we hugged and they went into their little classrooms and I walked away, I swear to God, I heard this playing in my head. That's how I felt. You can't. You never will. Stop the party. I'm literally walking out of the gates in my head thinking like, some mom is like asking me about summer camps. And I was like, I'm not thinking about that yet, bitch. I'm living in the moment. That's really the only way to describe the feeling of just like getting a little break, you know, getting back to my life. Like I feel like now the year can finally begin. And because we are rolling into a new year, I felt like I personally, selfishly, could use a little refresher on self-love, self-care. So today we're going to revisit my lovely and inspiring conversation with the bird's papaya. The first time I ever cried on this podcast. I mean, she moved me to tears. She's so inspirational, and I feel like we all need that little reminder as we head into 2024. But first, I don't want to brag, phonies, but... Evan and I went out last night. Oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you. No, stop, stop. It's too much. On a Tuesday. Yeah, but now you can stand. I know. We got a babysitter and everything. We went to the Lakers Raptors game which is an annual tradition for us. Like any time, I think the Raptors only come to LA once a year. And when they're in town, we go to the game. I'm obviously a Raptors fan. Evan grew up in LA. He's like a rabid, lifelong Laker fan, like tattoos and season tickets, Laker fan. So once a year, when the Raptors come, I get decked out in my head-to-toe Raps gear. He wears his Laker gear and we sit next to each other and scream for opposite teams. It's fun. Now, usually, there is like a good amount of other Raptors fans close by. You can see them seated throughout the stadium. And last night, there was a couple. Simu Liu was seated courtside. He was cheering for the Raps. I spotted the pride of Scarborough, Derek Wibley of Sum 41, which when I told Evan, he looked at me and said, who? And I was like, married to Avril Lavigne. And Evan said, what? And I was like, ugh. In our section last night, Not a single other Raptors fan. Just me, screaming and cheering alone. At one point, a man in our row shouted, Go back to Canada! Which honestly was shocking and offensive and racist, quite frankly. I actually feel like Evan is in the other room. I'm going to drag him in here to discuss further. Evan? Ev? Oh, hi. Are you available for a second? Would you like to make your 2024 debut on the Phone a Friend podcast? It's a podcast I do. It's a weekly show. Sure. Are you aware of it? Definitely. Hi, welcome. Hello. Um, I was just bragging about the fact that we did go out last night. We did, yeah. Mm -hmm. And as we were driving there, Evan was like, my resolution for 2024 is to no longer (laughs) leave the house. He's like, you're like a crotchety old man. No, I didn't say that. I said that I... For the first time in my life, I, I understand people that just never go out. Right. It was unthinkable to me when I was younger. But now you can destroy your whole week. Right. And there's so much to do. And you got to wake up at 
5.30 every day. Because when you're leaving the house at like, when did we leave last night? 7 p.m. You're yeah. like, it's already dark. Oh. I'm supposed to be in bed in it's the crazy. next two hours. It's crazy. But we made the wild decision to go out. You go to most Laker games during the season. I go to a lot. I go, we have tickets and I, I, I do try to go a lot when you I You bring can. friends. You bring mm-hmm. colleagues. You've brought our sons. You One usually them, yeah. only bring me when the Raptors are playing. Got to do it. So here's what I'd like to know. How would you rank me as a game goer? You are a top-notch elite game goer. You've taught me how to a sports fan, a lifelong sports fan, how to go to games. Go on. You're enthusiastic. You wear all the gear. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, I was more of like a low-key, you know, don't want to stand out and be super crazy guy. Uh, but you are on your feet cheer. You're like a cheerleader. Yeah. When the, let, let you me tell say you, cheerleader. No, I don't think a so. Cheer person. You've just been canceled. Sorry. Uh, when the cheer people get out on the floor, no, by the way, they still call them the Laker girls. I know, that's 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 still the Laker girls. The Laker girls. Even in, like, the Raptors dance pack is boys and girls, but no, it's full on the Laker girls. When they come out in their hot pants and crop tops, I get up and dance Big with time. them in solidarity. You're a Raptors honorary dance team member. And last night, would you like to share the results of the game? Because I don't want to. Lakers won by one point. It was a back-and-forth game the mm-hmm. entire night. Mm-hmm. Jesse was on her feet mm-hmm. a lot, giving me the business mm-hmm. when the Raptors scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had no other Raptors fans in our section. None, Usually not she has one. one or two no, friends. Yeah. yeah, no, we mentioned um, that. Yeah. But she was alone on an island, mm-hmm. and that did not deter you. You still were up screaming. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you have a big problem because you're just enthusiastic in general, and right. so you'll cheer for both teams. A basket well, goes okay. in and we, and then you, it's the Lakers, and then every, was, everybody's confused. We don't, don't have to. We don't have to discuss that. Sometimes I do forget when you're in the stadium cheering for the opposite team. Sometimes you just get caught up in the moment, mm-hmm. and I cheer for the Lakers as well. You just have a zest for being out in public and <sighs> enjoying yourself. One of us wants to stop going out altogether. The other one just can't get enough of of being in public. But I respect your determination to cheer even in a rival environment. Thank you so much. There's a, there's a story I've told like amongst our friends a couple of times, mm. but when I was visiting you like in the first couple of years of our dating, mm-hmm, yeah. it was pretty early on. I was up in Toronto and you gave me a, you gifted me yes. like very good seats to a Raptors-Laker game yes. in Toronto. Which I'm sure you're aware I did get for free. But I have no doubt. Okay. But... It was a nice gesture, uh-huh. and so I so the shoe was on the other foot there, and I was the you know the the enemy going into enemy territory, right? Cheering loudly for the Lakers in the Scotiabank Arena, and this was you know I'm not going to get too sportsy for for the Jesse friends here, but it was a time when the Lakers were getting a really good player, this guy named Pau Gasol, and Kobe was there. We were excited; everything was going to turn around, and so I was hyped. Uh-huh. And we went in, and then, you know, I did what I was going to do, which was cheer super loud for the Lakers. I'm being pretty annoying, I got to admit. Not my natural, uh, you know, demeanor, but I was going crazy, and I was drinking, and this couple next to us kept looking at me, yeah. which they have every right to do. Like, right. this guy, this guy's ruining our night. Shut up. You know, who's this Laker fan? And it's like the third quarter, and this girl finally leans over to me, and she taps me on the shoulder, and she says— Excuse me. I said, yeah. She said, how is it that you're a Lakers fan? Uh-huh. She was just annoyed, but very polite. And I was like, oh, I grew up in Los Angeles. I'm a lifelong Lakers fan. And she kind of took a beat. And she was like, oh, okay. As in like, carry go on, on, carry yeah. on. <laughs> and I often use that as like 
an illustration of how nice Canadian people are because all she needed was a logical answer mm-hmm. to this annoying thing that was happening in front. Why is this happening? She right. got it and she was like, oh, that is perfectly sensible. Please carry on. Whereas if we were in the U.S. People are yelling, go back to Canada. And no one would ask for uh, a reason. Right. They'd just be like, shut up. Right. Yeah. So you guys are very nice. Um, is that the moment you knew you should marry me um, and have three children with me because you wanted that Canadian blood in your... No, okay. but it was helpful that you got me those tickets and mm-hmm. allowed me to cheer. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was there fun. This is our one night a year where it's we definitely go out. It's our one night. Um, so I, you lost. So I lost, yeah. Thank let's you. ask people what they think we should bet on the game. That's what I want to know. We need to start betting on the game. Like how much money? No, no. So like, you know, a bet, a friendly bet. The loser's team or the team who loses... You have to do something for me, and I have to do something for you. Well, the the problem is that most of the bets would be like, you have to clean the kitchen for a week, That's but fine. Evan already yeah. cleans the kitchen mm-hmm. every, you know, you Maybe do. Maybe it should be money. Okay, we'll just bet for money. So $200. Yeah. From our shared bank account, or it has to be from the That's individual? From Jesse Incorporated. Okay, gotcha. All right, next next year. Okay. $200. $200. Canadian dollars. <laughs> Canadian You can pay me in Canadian dollars if okay, you Okay, I'd love to. Um, Evan, thank you so much. Oh, we should also mention we are trying the Scandinavian sleep method. It's going really well. I was going to say, I was going to tease the oh, official review, Evan. Yeah. So just, <laughs> we're going to let you know how it's going. Stay tuned. Next week, will we be sleep divorced or will we still be sharing the same bed? Find out next week. Goodbye. Thank you. You're dismissed. Evan, everybody. Lower the microphone back down to a regular height. How dare he think that the phonies are not sports fans? Sexism. All we talk about on this podcast are sports. Do you know how much coverage I've done of Travis Kelsey? Only for sports purposes. Okay, there is so much to talk about. From this golden week. I'm going to get to the Golden Globes in a hot minute. But first, I would just like to briefly discuss the golden wedding, okay? I just, I'm throwing that up here because Gary the Bachelor said I do to Teresa's bank account. Excuse me, to Teresa Nist in a televised wedding that I forced my husband and my mom to watch. I should have. Talk to Evan about this too. But I'll tell you, we fast forwarded through like the whole, you know, section involving drunk former Bachelor contestants trying to get airtime because we didn't know who they were. And you better believe neither did Gary or Teresa. ABC was like, we're throwing you the wedding of your dreams filled with flowers, candles, and complete strangers vying to steal your spotlight. Some other couple got engaged during their wedding. I was like, I don't know who these people are, but I'm pretty sure that's the first rule of weddings. Don't upstage the bride and groom. And yet it was some guy with like a dream catcher earrings proposing moments before Teresa walked down the aisle. But I digress. Evan and I are pretty jaded Bachelor viewers. Like we've been having viewing parties for a decade. So we just sit there to make fun of the show. We're dying laughing at the Jesse Palmer interludes. If you watched, you know what I'm talking about. Literally, you know, you'd be glued to Teresa, who's just, she's looking beautiful. She's looking a little like she stepped out of a Say Yes to the Dress episode circa 2009. But still, she is walking down the aisle to soft orchestral music. She gets to the altar. She is emotional. And instead of cutting to Gary, it cuts to Jesse Palmer in the corner like, Teresa has made it to the altar. What a moment. 
which we thought was so weird and hilarious. But my mom, who's sitting with us and has never seen a frame of The Bachelor in his 27-season history, was watching it like she was the maid of honor. Completely serious, totally invested. Just like, I think Gary is very handsome and she seems lovely. And I just, I don't understand what you guys think is so funny. She was also like, you know, just couldn't get over the premise. Every few minutes she would be like, so he dated 22 different women. Wow, we. It was like watching The Bachelor with an alien who had just landed on Earth. It was like, like Kimmy Schmidt, like fascinating. She'd never seen a frame of the show. At the end, I was trying to get her take on the whole thing. And, she, and I said, Mom, but isn't it just nice to see people your own age? And she said to me completely earnestly, Oh, Jesse, I see people my own age every day. I was like, I meant on primetime television. But I, yeah, I feel you. I get it. Either way, congratulations to Gary and Teresa, as he calls her. And if it doesn't work out, my mom is waiting in the wings like Jesse Palmer at the Golden Wedding. Jessie just talked about the golden wedding, and now she's going to move on to a segment called Her One Thing. That was me, Jessie Crookshank, imitating Jessie Palmer. Okay, from the golden wedding to the Golden Globes, here's my one thing. Yes, so in these mid-season bangers, I only get to talk about one thing that happened in pop culture. So let's talk about the thing that had it all. Romance, drama, boob jokes, and more. The Golden Globes. And can I just say first and foremost, I love the Golden Globes. I have been honored to host many a Golden Globes red carpet. This was before they were canceled. And I honestly didn't realize they were back. Like, they were fully stopped after 2020, mostly for being run by a corrupt, racist, sort of fake organization with zero Black members on their voting body. So stars boycotted the show and networks refused to air it. But then they added more diverse members and made some big changes. And... On Sunday night, when I saw J-Lo and Ben Affleck walking that carpet like it was 2005, I thought the Globes are back, baby. (laughs) Sidebar, sort of related. In 2013, when Jennifer Garner had just given birth to her and Ben Affleck's third child, I was on the red carpet. Our position at ETOC was always on the very end. It was like the closest to the entrance to the theater. It was like, if you still want to do interviews, by all means, come talk to Canada. But most people just walked right past us and went through. Either way, we're right near the entrance to the theater. And right before the carpet starts, I run in to use the bathroom. There's like a little private bathroom in the corner of the hotel. And I open the door, and inside is like a breast pump all set up on the countertop. And suddenly a frantic assistant runs in and stops me and is like, oh, you can't use that. You can't. This is reserved. This is reserved. And I sort of started to chat with her, and she told me that it was reserved for Jennifer Gardner, who needed to pump as soon as she finished walking the red carpet. And when I saw Jennifer Garner, I understood why. Her boobs looked absolutely incredible. She brilliantly timed out her pumping schedule so she could walk that carpet with full-ass, milky, spectacular cleavage and then let it all out on the other side. That is what I call taking advantage of your breastfeeding boobs while you've got them. 
Please, I wish I had the foresight to showcase the triple Ds I had when breastfeeding Rio and Dre. Now they're like negative inverted A's that are so sad and used looking. Sometimes when Romy goes to breastfeeding, which yes, we're still doing that, she'll say, Mommy, your boobs are tired. Yes, Romy. Yes, they are. Speaking of boobies, I just need to call out this year's Globes host, Joe Coy, who absolutely bummed. Like the monologue was not going well. And then he made this joke. Oppenheimer is based on a 721-page Pulitzer Prize-winning book about the Manhattan Project. And Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies. What? This is the reason the movie Barbie was made, because of men thinking it's okay to make jokes like this. This is the type of man and the type of joke that they poke fun of in the movie. They cut to Greta Gerwig after that joke, who was clearly unimpressed. And then when they cut to Ryan Gosling, he was just like stone cold. And listen, I have hosted award shows. It's a tough room. It's always a tough job. And I usually empathize with the comedians if a joke doesn't land. But this was a terrible, sexist, unfunny joke. Not just demeaning women, but demeaning a movie that made more money in a weekend than most of the other nominated movies made in the year. And so I feel like after that, Joe Coy, like, who was bombing prior to the joke, just lost the audience entirely. They turned so hard on him. And then he did something you just can't do in any context as a comedian. He turned on them, and he was pissed. Listen to this. Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. You got, you're kidding me, right? Slow down. I wrote some of these, and they're the ones you're laughing at. Look. I have never seen anything like that at a prestige event. Like, you can tell in his eyes, he's, he just lost it. It was scary. I was like, I'm glad you broke up with him, Chelsea Handler. He yells at fucking Meryl Streep and Robert De Niro in the room, like blames them for not laughing, then blames the fact that he only had 10 days to prepare, which, by the way, with a team of excellent writers, you can write a great monologue in 10 days. But then he blames the writers, throws them under the bus. It was wild. And that happened within the first seven minutes of the show, just like completely unhinged. After that, I was less interested in the awards broadcast and more interested in the in-house camera feed that was capturing unknowing audience members during commercial breaks and feeding that footage into the press room. And then, of course, people in the press room were filming it and posting it on Twitter, and the internet went crazy. The two videos you know I've watched 12 times each are Timothee and Kylie Jenner looking so deeply and tenderly into each other's eyes it almost moved me to tears. I was like, oh, they're not just banging. They're in love. And I believe lip readers, God bless lip readers. Is that a real job, lip reader? Is that like a career? Well, they were busy after the Globes. Lip readers confirmed that Kylie does in fact whisper, I love you to him whilst fondling his diamond necklace. By contrast, when Evan and I were first falling in love, I told him, I love you, 
while drunk in the back of a New York City taxi cab, and he didn't say anything back. I threw up moments later. So similar love story. Then there was the video of Selena Gomez whispering something shocking and like gossipy as fuck to Taylor Swift and her best friend, Kaylee. Everyone thought she was telling them that she had asked Timothy for a picture and Kylie said no. Selena has since cleared things up, saying she was just telling Taylor about two of her friends who hooked up. Which I also love. I love that these girls are just out here in gowns in the presence of Oprah nominated for awards and are just talking shit about a friend's hookup. That I am here for. And now I think for the first time I do want to be in the squad. You know? Call the paparazzi and make a rezzo at Carbone. I've got my mini skirt and my knee boots and I'm ready, bitches. Other than that, some people won awards. I will say Barbie did not win enough awards. It didn't even win Best Musical or Comedy, which truly it feels like that's the award it was made to win. And so that actually made me a little scared for the rest of award season because I feel like after, you know, we had Barbenheimer and that was so much fun. It was such a cultural touch point for 2023. And then Barbie proved to be such a massive success. I mean, it beat Oppenheimer at the box office. It was this huge success and moment for women in film, for films about women. And now we're just going to go award the men Like, is that really what's going to happen for the rest of award season? Are we still too concerned about, you know, rewarding prestige cinema that we have to vote for the brown film instead of the pink one? That's my fear. But as long as Timothee and Kylie and Taylor keep showing up to these shows and Joe Coy never does, I'll keep watching. And that's my one thing. Kind of a lot of things. That was a lot of things. But I just, I really find it hard to limit myself in these little mid-season bangs. You think it's been easy for me to not talk about Gypsy Rose Blanchard? Season two can't come fast enough. Okay, after the break, it's the conversation that brought me to tears for the first time ever on this podcast. If you have New Year's goals to treat your body differently, to take care of your mental health, to just take time for you, this is a must listen. I have all of those goals going into 2024. So this is sort of like a very self-serving episode. I thought I want to hear that interview again. So I'll share it with the rest of you. Sarah Nicole Landry, aka The Bird's Papaya, is telling us how to love ourselves and our bodies. Next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're back. And while we're in between season one and two, we're revisiting some of your favorite calls from season one. So this is one I personally wanted to listen back to because in 2024... I have made a resolution to treat my body less like a garbage can and more like a temple. And so I'd like a refresher on how to do that. Let's phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. I am phoning Sarah Nicole Landry or the Bird's Papaya. She is a body confidence activist, a mom of four, and an influencer who not only celebrates and shares her postpartum body, her stretch marks, her cellulite with her millions of followers, she also shares her story. She talks about her ups and her downs through motherhood, divorce, and learning to love herself. Plus, I force her to weigh in, get it, on the drama surrounding some celebrity bodies. This is a great one. Enjoy. Hey, Jesse. Hello. You knew it was me. I knew it was you. Yeah. Call display is amazing. <laughs> Hi, Sarah Nicole Landry. I am so excited to have you on the pod. I'm um, so excited you have a podcast. I don't think people realize like what an OG fan I am. And then I had to like admit it out loud when we hung out. And I was like, listen, everyone needs to know what a big deal this is. And then I'm like, and then I also have to just like acknowledge that you're going to also see my stories. I did yeah. not realize that until, so oh. we we met, we met a few times, but we met we most We met recently. a few times before, but we never really hung out until last year. No, I remember we met at that, at, there was like a Plan Canada yes, World yes, Empowerment yes. event. That was the first time we met. And I was like, I'm I did so not follow you, you at that too. time. <laughs> oh, totally. Because I was like, oh, who is she? You were wearing these like white cargo pants. I remember- oh, Really remember <laughs> every do you remember what you were wearing because I do I remember um, everything I remember about it had like a leopard print over piece or something oh, and okay. I remember it was in a mall and we were yeah, hosting was a, a game show it was in a mall yeah it was amazing and I just could I was like such a pinch me moment because I was like I cannot believe I'm in the same space as Jesse Kirkshank I used to stay up my sister and I used to like hunker down in the living room I uh, because I had kids when I like they were little all I sorry I was little when I had kids I had like <laughs> A ba- newborn in my arms, and my sister and I would like sit in the living room, and we'd we'd wait up, and we'd watch like the after show, and so I like went all the way back with you, and so it's always been so fun for me to like see you still and also and doing so much more and different. When you came out with podcasts, I was like, yes, you're just one of my favorite. Pe-. I remember when that show ended, and I was like, wait, like what happens now? And now I get to look back and see you and Dan and your careers just be in so many cool places. And I'm just like, you know what? I invested some good time in those late nights. That was a good choice. Okay, first of all, I brought you on this show to help uh, all of us like feel better about ourselves. And you've officially helped me feel amazing (laughs) about myself so I could just end this 
call now. <laughs> Truly, that's Great. so kind. Do you know what's funny is most people will say to me like, oh, I used to watch you when I was a teenager or like when I was drunk. And you're like, no, I used to watch you when I was breastfeeding my infant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, I got married at 19. So that's I crazy. had like a baby by 21. So all of those shows were... So just to know like how much those shows impacted me, by the time I was pregnant with my third, I was 24 and I really wanted to name him Talon because I saw it to Laguna Beach. Oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. Talon. <gasps> and I remember I saw, he's like on TikTok now and I'm oh, like, he oh, sure Talon is. is back. Talon is and back. And I'm just like, oh, Talon. Yeah. That's I crazy. went to Laguna Beach one and I went to the stores and everything. I was just like, such a dork, but oh, I love it. Oh my God. Do you know I got yeah. into a Talon TikTok rabbit hole, which, you know, I yeah. suggest to any uh, any of my phone of friends, like, do yourself the honor. I watched Talon's TikToks for like Talon. 45 minutes of my life last week, and I thought maybe I should get him on the show, you know? Do you remember like peak Talon season? He was like dating <laughs> Nicole Scherzinger. Like, my gosh. No, I don't remember that. Don't you? Maybe I made it up. No, I'm no, you... pretty sure they dated. I'm okay. pretty sure that they were a couple. I am Googling right now. Google right now. If here's what I'm going to say. If Talon dated Nicole Scherzinger, I'm absolutely getting him on they the pod. definitely dated. Okay. He's they coming definitely on. He's dated. coming on. Yeah, he's com- I'm sending happening. a DM after this. Well, I don't want, as much as I do want to spend In our time together talking about Talon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, we, I feel we have a lot to talk about because when I kind of reconnected with you on that Disney cruise, I didn't realize that you were a full-blown Disney adult. Like, I finished the cruise and thought, okay, I'm good on Disney for a while. I feel like you've been to Disneyland seven times since. It really triggered something in me. So we already had, I grew up, like my dad used to get a bonus every year from work. My parents would drive us down and we'd have like a day at Disney. So Mm. I had like very young memories of Disney, but I'd never done the full Disney experience. So I actually, when I hit a really good point in my career and I could afford it, I said like, I really want to, Thank my kids for being on this ride with me. I mean, I started the birth papaya when I was a stay-at-home mom with like two little babies who are now 17 and 15. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you guys have really been my number one supporter since day one. They're always have been like so, they never made me feel weird about it. Mm -hmm. So I surprised them with this trip to Disney and then the pandemic happened. So we had three, almost, well, I guess like two and a half years of waiting. And so that summer we had this planned book trip and then wouldn't you know that Disney invites us on the inaugural cruise? So now right. we're we're like bookending the summer with Disney. And that cruise was such a cool experience. Uh. And then we did Disney World. And then I went there and I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to run the Disney Marathon. So I'm signed up for that next no. year. I've just no. I'm actually going tomorrow on as a volunteer for a dreams take flight for literally one day. I'll be in Disney tomorrow. Sarah it's a Nicole lot. Landry, the bird's papaya, ladies and gentlemen, is a Disney full adult. till Disney adult. I know. And you know what? I felt <laughs> and, so and I, and embarrassed, I but it. now I love it. I love yeah. it. Do you know who also is a famous Disney adult? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. And Gigi Hadid just did a whole thing yes. where she was like all her Disney yes. stuff. And I was like, you know what? We're finally speaking it into, oh, the, into the air. Like You're we in are, good company. We're Disney adults. We're the people that refuse to grow up and we love it. We love it. Yeah. I I talked more about the Disney Cruise earlier on this show. I am a mm-hmm. very, like, reluctant influencer. I hate that word. I find mm-hmm. it all so embarrassing. Yeah, but you same. are, like, 
OG blogger, one of the original influencers. This is your job. You're hugely successful at it. Have you found a way to just embrace it? Uh, no, I still cringe. I still, oh, really? I think I, I think I cringe at what it means to people in their heads. Like it's mm. just, and it's interesting because if you said TikToker or podcaster, that's somehow cool, but Instagrammer uh, or like influencer is somehow like cringy. And I think I th- if I think I'm going like to be TikToker after a certain age is no longer cool. Yeah, I would argue that. But like, yeah. if you look in the news and like who's on red carpets right. now, it's like TikTokers, yes. right? But I did find that one thing I've really had to zone in on anytime a woman has championed in a career or like something, it's often minimized and mocked. Mm. So when I think about influencer marketing as a whole, it literally was mostly stay at home moms. There was a lot of women in like fashion and people who were, st- who literally created an industry out of nothing and utilize social media as this vehicle, as this medium. And now we have influencers and I don't want it to be mocked and minimized because it's been mostly women who have led the charge in it. Oh my God. You just completely reframed how I think about that term and how I have been thinking about it since it's been in existence in 45 seconds. And for that, you get your second air horn sound effect. Of the interview. I don't think I've ever given two out that quickly. This is settle in. This is going to be good. Okay, so I want to come out of the gate telling you something really embarrassing. Like you thought you were embarrassed to tell me. This is how I bond. Okay, here we go. I was so excited to see you on the cruise. We spent some time together. I got to meet yeah. your kids, your husband. You yeah. had all these super cute outfits, like these, these oh, yeah, I planned it Mickey out. dresses. I was like yeah, so into your whole look. But then the one time I saw you, in your bikini, I was truly starstruck by your body, which is like an insane thing to tell anyone. But I've been looking at this gorgeous, unique body on Instagram for so long that when I saw it in real life, it like took my breath away. Oh my God, that makes me so happy. Really? Because I just, I never grew up seeing anybody like even show stretch marks or cellulite. So now when I see it out there, I'm like, God, it's so hot when people just like own themselves. And so to think that you had that moment about me, because I probably had like an internal like, I have to be like on this cruise ship in front of other people in a bikini. And I'm so glad I did it now. That makes me very happy. Oh my God. Yes. I was like, there she is, like act natural, but like, <laughs> look at how beautiful she is. Ah, Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I think it's a a great example of, I think everyone just assumes I'm like uber confident. But I think that what I recognized over the years and in practices of like, oh, getting in a bikini on in, in a cruise ship being like newly postpartum, I think what's cool about that is I probably wasn't feeling very confident, but I did the confident thing, which is what confidence actually is. It's not a feeling, it's mm-hmm. an action. And so whenever I get opportunities to like activate that and really show up is some of my proudest moments because then you look back on it and you're like, remember how fearful I was of like all these scenarios that could have happened that I made up in my head. And the reality is something really cool and awesome. And I hope other people also were like, dang, if she can show her cellulite and stretch marks, like what's holding me back? So I'm so grateful for other women who show up as themselves because, and I think it with you, because you're so unapologetic online. And that's something that like, I'm really working on because I feel like the last few years have sort of like made me a shell of who I am a little bit where like everything you say is wrong. So I'm like, God, I miss funny me. I miss when I was like hilarious and it was okay to offend people. Like it's just a different time. Oh, that's 
Okay, I want to get to all of that because that's so interesting. So let's like rewind to the beginning before you got to this place where you could be on a cruise ship feeling confident, wearing a bathing suit. Where did it all begin? What did you have to go Mm. through to sort of get here? Basically, I'm asking you to tell us your life story. Like rock rock bottom (laughs) is the answer. Oh, wow. Um, so I actually was, like I said, I'd been Instagram or been blogging and then Instagramming for some time and mm-hmm. always like from the outside looking in, everyone was so perfect and they had their lives together. And I really hadn't picked up on the fact that like that was just a piece of their lives and not like the whole thing. So when I was blogging, I was blogging about my house or crafts I had done or recipes I'd made with the kids. It was never about us at that time. And then when Instagram became a thing, suddenly the cameras were turned on to us and what we were wearing and what we were doing and what we looked like. And I really took that as now a bad motivation to change what I looked like. So Mm. I went through this whole journey of actually losing 100 pounds and Instagram loved me for it. I got this big following. Everything was great. I now had this at this point, I'd been doing I'd been doing social media for like seven, eight years or blogging and everything. And like nothing really was like taking off. And mm. then I lost weight and everybody loved me. Wow. And uh, eventually my mental health caught up with me. My health caught up with me. I was really struggling with all of that attention and also the reality that my health was starting to fail. Mm. I had, I was going through a divorce. I'm like living at my parents. I'm not saying anything about it. And I'm, I was really, truly rock bottom. And I remember somebody came up to me and it was one of the worst days after post-divorce. And like I said, nobody knew what I was going through, but the divorce triggered even more weight loss. So I ran into somebody and they were like, oh my God, like you look so good. You've never looked better. And I realized nobody is seeing anything except for what I look like, because that's what I've made my thing. And I am going through some of the worst things of my life. And I don't even know if I've had a meal in weeks. So uh, a light bulb moment, I was like, I need to change the way I'm like, I need to change my life. And that also meant that I had to change the way of showing up online. I had a therapist who was like, you need to start, you know, writing down your thoughts. So I started writing notes in my phone, letters to myself, just processing some of the insecurities that I had about my body and how much they were controlling me and Mm. controlling my life, even after a hundred pounds of weight loss, I was more anxious about my body than ever. So I, um, I, I started making those notes, Mm -hmm. these journal entries, my captions, and I had no idea that other people had similar thoughts or were going through similar things. And then at one point I remember I showed like an inch of my, I think it was like an inch of my stretch marks on my Uh stomach. And I was like, you know, proclaiming acceptance of them. And then I read the comments and it was like thousands of women saying, oh my God, my stomach looks just like hers. And this was maybe five or six years now ago. And at that time, I'd never seen stretch marks on social media or anywhere. And I remember it just being like, what? There's other people who have a stomach like mine. It was, there's this saying that I love, once a secret is told, it loses its power. And I feel like that Mm -hmm. moment sort of showed me that I had been taking these things that I thought I was so isolated in the experience of, and I was hiding myself and I was keeping myself at home and I was not experiencing life. And I was, you know, um, restricting my body, restricting my life, restricting Mm -hmm. everything about me to cater Mm -hmm. to a reality that was false. Like there was actually so many people that had stomachs like mine, who had postpartum journeys like mine, Mm -hmm. who gained weight while nursing a baby, all of these experiences. And that's when everything changed for me. When I realized that loving yourself or feeling confident 
was not a feeling, but is an action. And yet we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, why don't I like myself? Like, why am I struggling so much? And we forget so much that it's action. We have to show love to ourselves, not wait for a feeling before we go and do the rest of our lives. Yes. Oh my gosh. Can we go back and talk about this idea of actively loving yourself? What do you mean by that? I think we want to say that it's like going to the spa or, you know, getting your nails done or having a bubble bath. But the reality is it's different for each of us. And Uh pay attention to your thoughts. When you're having moments of like really feeling filled, take a second and think about why. So a lot of times we give, we give credit to the wrong place. So let's say you go and get your hair done, right? So you go and get your hair done. Yes. Of course, your hair looks amazing afterwards. You take the picture. You're like, yes, feeling it, loving it. Uh And we go, I feel great about myself because my hair is good. No. The reality is that's just one little piece of it. You spent money, you spent time, and you had somebody's hands on you. These are Mm -hmm. all things that for me makes me feel loved. Especially as a mom, the day goes kind of wild. My big thing is skincare. I always bookend my day the exact same way in the morning and at night. I can't control anything else that happens, but I can control how I start and end my day. I think it's nice to touch my face. I think Uh it's nice to see myself in a mirror and remind myself that I'm human and I'm deserving of care. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, and I think I I put so much of my identity into them yeah. and who I was as a mother, and now I'm like a working mom, and that identity has shifted a little bit, and I've had to really pay attention to the ways that I feel cared for, not that I don't have mom guilt, yeah. but how I actually feel whole as a human. Disney adulting, this mm. is a prime example. Yes. Disney makes me happy. I denied yeah. it for a long time. Now I'm tuning back into it. I get made fun of for it all the time. Sure. But if that's what makes me happy, we have to, like, that's really important for me to pay attention to. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I feel like that, like, truly listening to you, I felt like I was going to cry. I'm like on the verge of tears because people ask me all the time, how do you do it all? You look like you have it together. And I'm like, I put absolutely no time into myself. Do you want to know what the secret is? I spend my time on my kids, on my work, and that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. for me, my favorite part of my day is putting makeup on. Like, look at me. I have a full drag face on for a podcast. Usually the same way. Because I like, that's, I think, what you're saying and what I'm hearing from you is like, that's I'm my me time. It is your me time. And not only that, but it's reflecting out what you want to reflect out. Yes. I've, I've faced a lot of criticism over the years for wearing makeup in the realm of talking about self-love. How could you uh. love yourself and wear makeup? But the reality is it used to be a mask and now it's like painting the canvas. Like, mm-hmm. my gosh, I love when I have like full glam on. Oh, I've noticed a character change for myself. I'm yeah. more intentional. Mm-hmm. I feel more motivated. Mm-hmm. They say for men, when you're searching for a job and you're sitting at home, still put a suit on. And for me, it feels like that too. I feel a little bit more motivated, a little bit more jazzed. And it's not because I'm wearing makeup. It's because I took the time to do something that felt good for me. And for somebody else, it might be going completely makeup-free and feeling the power of that. And that's why we celebrate the differences and we celebrate the autonomy that we get within the realm of love. Yes, 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 yes. 
I like, oh, I'm getting a third air horn. The third air horn. I, I don't have enough for you. I'm telling you, it's not a mask. It's painting the canvas. Like, yes, can I get that too. in italics in a home sense frame and put it on my wall? Because that's what I need to see every day. It's so true. Yeah. You said you still have insecurities about your body. Of course. You know? Of course. Yeah. And everybody listening has insecurities about their body. What is one thing that we can do today and every day? And this isn't like get your hair done, get your nails done, because that I understand understand what you're saying completely, but what mm-hmm. can we do in our own brains when we look in the mirror to move towards a place of acceptance and sort of self-love? I think the biggest thing is like remembering that it is a distraction, right? So if you're having one of those days that are unavoidable, where the bikini is not an option, the shorts are not an option, everything is making you feel like you want to stay at home. Uh-huh. I like to have safe outfits. They're ones that are usually flowy. They're away from my body. Ones that make me not think about my body. Mm. If I end up going to the beach in a full sweatsuit, Mm -hmm. my God, I'm there. I am there. I'm doing (laughs) the thing. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It took me a long time to figure that out. Sometimes it's so, it feels so courageous and rebellious to be like, yes, I'm just going to wear the bikini. But when the body is loud in the mind, it's hard to do that. And when the body is loud and you're standing in front of the mirror, my recommendation wouldn't be keep fighting back. What I do is I walk away from it as quickly as possible and I leave the house. If I don't do that, I will change my clothes about 45 times. I will start destroying things. I'll get in tears. There's been countless times that I've sat at the bottom of my closet, just weeping, feeling like nothing looked right on me. Things that I loved a week before. That's not because the clothing changed. It's because my mind has is in a different space. So I have really learned to not push myself into showing up in the bikini, but more so just showing up, however that looks, and really honoring the process. I love that we have, in the lexicon, we have a safe word, we have a safe space, but now we have, thanks to you, a safe outfit. I know Mm -hmm. exactly what my safe outfits are. Yes. We should all have safe outfits and Mm -hmm. know that you can go to those at any time. I love that because we are entering... Bathing suit season. Dun, dun, dun. We are, yeah. And this you're is why not I love saying, a one piece. Right? Love and you're not piece. telling love people to like say, fuck it, just get into that bathing suit. That's a lot of the messaging no. that we received. I think I said that a few years ago, but I don't anymore because I had to go. I think I said it at a time that I still had a, I had a pretty like a body that was easier for me to maybe process. Going through postpartum was was kind of rough. Mm. So I'm very big on, you know what, the last thing anybody needs is feeling shame for showing up at the beach in a one piece and a full sarong or like a muumuu covering it all or like I said, like sweatpants. Yeah. I think we have to pay attention to what makes us feel like we can show up. Yeah. Now it's like a very specific sweatsuit mm-hmm. that when I put on, I like, it doesn't even like cut into my body and I just, it's just so, it just sits on me and I just feel like I get to exist. Mm. And I love that feeling. I feel like as women, we don't get that a lot. Yes. To just put something on and walk out the door and feel like we exist and not think about anything else. Is this clinging? Is this touching? That's so... I love that so much. Um, I think one of the reasons I called you today is because I feel like in the last month or so, more and more celebrities are speaking out about their bodies for various reasons. So I thought Mm. I could list a few of the most recent headlines, and I would love for you to weigh in. Not on a scale. Ariana Grande posted a really vulnerable video asking for people to stop commenting on her body. Here's a part of it. I think we should be gentler and less comfortable commenting on people's bodies, no matter what. You never know what someone is going through. So 
even if you are coming from a loving place and a caring place, that person probably is working on it or has a support system that they are working on it with. And you never know. So be gentle with each other and with yourselves. How did you feel watching that? I felt so proud that it was somebody who was talking from the other end of the spectrum because I had had this conversation before about when people made comments on other people's bodies postpartum, complimentary or not. And Mm -hmm. so many women came forward and was like, I actually, when I was celebrated for how thin I was after having a baby, I was actually going through postpartum depression. Or when I was celebrated for being thin, I was actually going through, you know, this treatment or this health crisis. And there are points now where, you know, as uncomfortable as it is sometimes for me to admit my health is at a bigger weight. I'm active. I eat well. I'm nourished. I'm mentally in a better space. And my body is holding on to more. And what Ariana was saying in that TikTok was just the reality of her pursuit of health looks like that. Body comments are body assumptions. And when we make body comments and body assumptions out of quote unquote concern, it actually creates a bigger issue than it helps anybody and everybody reading it as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's funny too, is I am, we have babies, Todd, oh God, toddlers. Yeah, toddlers. Close close in age. And the comment that I get often is like, oh, how did you do it? You look so Mm -hmm. great. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, guys, my insides are black. I treat myself like shit. I eat, I'm the the least healthy I've ever been in my life. I'm not yeah. proud of it, but like yeah. it shouldn't be celebrated either. You know, and that's it's, the reality. They see a size and they yeah. equate it with health and with worth. Okay, Selena Gomez recently okay. admitted she said she's been lying in saying that the body shaming doesn't bother her. Uh, mm-hmm. She said, I would be shamed for gaining weight and say it doesn't matter, but I would actually be posting and crying my eyes out because nobody deserves to hear those things. Yeah. Were you surprised that someone as hugely famous as her is still crying? over comments? No. I mean, do comments still get to you? Oh, for sure they do. I think it's been tough because there is a lot of assumptions that get made or a lot of the things around, why don't I love my face as much as I love my body? Because I go and, you know, put makeup on or I've gotten facials in the past. I had, you know, cosmetic Botox. I get it from migraines now. I was very open about it. I didn't think that that would get thrown back in my face. And I'm also very pro-body autonomy. I don't care if people get a complete plastic surgery from head to toe. Mm. I don't want to be a part of their shame cycle. I'm here to support you. That's your body. It's not my business. But when people say things about me in in a cruel way, I just know that they don't have the truth. I mean, somebody the other day was like, this girl just looks like she goes to McDonald's every day. I can't even eat at McDonald's. I'm allergic to all of it. So like, get your facts straight. Also, yeah. like, you don't even, you probably couldn't keep up with me these days yes. for how fast I can run. I'm right. now training for She's a running Disney a marathon. Disney marathon, everybody. Running a Disney marathon. Yeah, I've cut like six minutes off my time. Like, oh come at God. me. Oh my God. Last but not least, in the new trailer for the Kardashians, have you seen it? I did see it. Uh, yeah. So Kylie asks the group, she says... All of us just need to have a bigger conversation about the beauty standards that we're setting. Do you think the Kardashians have personally fucked up our culture's body image as a whole? And is there anything they could do, any bigger conversation they could have to undo the damage? I am glad that they're bringing it up, but I come back to this core ethos of everyone deserves to have their own body and make choices for that body, even Mm -hmm. if it's the wrong choice. I guess I just don't want to come down too hard on it 
yet. I, w- I want to see where it goes because I do think they probably have more vultures with claws in them than anybody else. So I mm-hmm. have like that bit of empathy while also the awareness. I mean, there was a time where I was following one of them and then they they pushed something that was so damaging that I was like, I have to unfollow this. Yes. so damaging for me to see. Yes, like a but tea. I, yes. Yeah, 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 a tea. It was definitely yeah. one of those. And uh, that made me like sad because you like want to... And I met Chloe at one point. I remember she gave me a hug and I thanked her because her brand was like actually creating extended sizing. And this girl, her body had been talked about more than anybody. And she's been open about her anxiety now, her struggles. And I just remember she hugged me and she was so warm with people and she was so kind. And I thought, this is what I want to remember you for. And so I've just always decided that that's what I remember her for but I'm not going to defend everything they've ever done. Right. But I mean, it's hard because women shame women more than anything else. So I just am like, I don't know. It's one that I'm really stumped on, I'll be honest. I can't believe that answer. That is the most kind, uh, generous way to look at the Kardashians. I've never heard that perspective. I think we have to, I feel this way about everyone. Everyone has the right to change. Everyone has the right to improve, be better, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. I just, I have to hold that hope for the world. If I don't hold that hope for the world, then I, then I would probably internally crumble and I would feel like everyone's awful and going everywhere. But I was also somebody who participated in diet culture Uh and I'm on the other side of it and going, I get to be my own hypocrite now. I get to tell you about the other side. I'm somebody who got to lose the hundred pounds and tell you that it didn't make me happy that, you know, altered parts of myself and like edited my photos in ways that wasn't even me anymore. And I'll tell you, it didn't make me happy. It didn't make me confident. It didn't make me feel validated or loved. So I just have this hope for humanity that Mm. everyone, even the Kardashians Mm. have the right to change. And that gives me a lot of hope. The hope is there. I love that. We'll see what happens. Thank you for weighing in, not on a scale. Truly. And speaking of famous people, because my show is called Phone a Friend and you just dropped that you've met Khloe Kardashian, please tell Mm. me who is the most famous person in your phone. I will also include DMs for you. You can, I'll allow DMs. Uh, I DM a fair bit and she's, she's reposted me a couple of times. Jenna Fisher. Oh, Pam from the office, which is like just, I don't know. I think she's so cool. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's quite a few of them. Like a lot of the Vanderpump Rules cast, which I respectfully dance that line of like not asking questions. I mean, you don't want to get too involved with the Vanderpump Rules cast because before you know it, you're going to be cheating (laughs) with someone that you shouldn't be. So stay, keep Uh. a distance there. (laughs) Um, So we've talked a lot about body image, but you're open about so much more than that. Motherhood, divorce, love, all of it. And because there's so much more I want to ask you and we're running out of time, I put together a little rapid fire quiz. Ooh, okay, let's do it. It's called Read My Body Language. And because... Because you're a former Hills after show viewer, I feel we should use the Heidi Montag song for the intro of this game. Okay, here we go. All you have to do is fill in the blank as quickly as you can. I love my body because... It's strong. My favorite thing about my body is... My stretch marks. I feel most beautiful when... I am on a beach, weirdly. (gasps) No, I love that. I don't know. Connected with the earth? Touching the grass a little? How close does the Disney cruise have to be to said beach? Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. The hardest part about motherhood is? The guilt. Mm. The best part about motherhood is? That everything is amazing and exciting. Oh. 
even a dead worm, we realized this week is a very exciting time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my toddler is a oh joy. <sighs> my teenagers are hilarious <laughs> and humbling. Oh, the one thing you need to know about divorce is it gets better. Hmm. I knew I had found true love when I wanted to get married again (laughs) (laughs) and have a fourth. Oh my my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I just honestly, like I've never said this before. I just wanted to be a hoe. I just wanted to get divorced (laughs) and be a hoe. And I remember when Shane, I met Shane, I was like, fuck, I want to be with him until I'm 80. This sucks. I was so, I was so bitter about it. Did you have (laughs) a little hoe period in there? I had a little hope period. Oh, that's just a, great. Just a slight one. Yeah. Everybody needs a little Enough. hope period. That's I another know, especially home Especially if you got married at 19. <laughs> picture. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to add that to my, um, my, the home sense pictures on my walls. Everybody oh my needs gosh, a hope I period. Yeah. Um, what you don't see on Instagram is? Um, my true humor, probably. Because oh. I'm always afraid of being banned. Is that true? I mean, one time I said I was going to kick somebody's butt in a board game, and I got shadow banned for a week. Stop. Because you can't say kick your butt on Instagram. Well, maybe people just aren't paying attention to me because I say a lot worse. I know. That's why I love you, though. If I didn't have social media, I would. I would be moonlighting as a server because that was my favorite job. Are you serious? Yes, I loved serving. Oh, my God. You know why? Why? You get to leave your work at work. You go home and it doesn't mentally stay with uh, you. And uh, you get to, yeah, uh, like, I don't know. Can I just I had say, some of the worst days of my life and then I went and served that night and I was like, that was the best thing for me. I'm like flailing my hands. I'm human air horn sound effect to that right now because you know what? Sorry to pause the rapid fire game, but let's put a hard pause here because as women who run their own business, we, and with kids, we put our kids down and we're fucking working till 11 p.m. Like there's no end to the day. I have sat in rooms waiting for a meeting. Last week I was waiting for a meeting. I saw the water delivery man come in, switch out the water in the office and walk away. And I thought, that's my dream job. That's my dream job. That's my dream job because I change out the water and then I go home and I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about it. Does it come with you? (gasps) Oh, okay. Finally, the thing I am most proud of is that I am who I am. And I think that that took me, without crying, it took me a really long time to be who I am. Yeah. It's uh, taken a lot of work to be proud of who I am and to be who I am and to show up as that person and to recognize that thing I was chasing for all of those years um, to be was actually just coming home to myself all along. Oh my God. And now I'm crying. And I think this might be the first time I've ever cried on this podcast. I think we chase our whole lives going to find ourselves, find our purpose, find all that. And almost everybody, you get all the way down into who you were as a child and you ask that, like you ask that version of yourself what they want to be. And then you figure out how to be that. That's what I'm doing. Wow. I mean, Sarah Nicole Landry created poetry right here, playing <laughs> Read My Body Language, set to Heidi Montag's classic Love it. body Love language. It. Thank you. Everything you have shared with me today has been so thoughtful and empowering and inspiring. And so before I let you go, I want to leave my phone of friends with 
One final thing, just a few body positive affirmations that they can play out loud when they need a much needed reminder of how beautiful they are. And I would like you to read them with me if you would. Would you do that with me? Okay. These are courtesy of Megan the Stallion's song, Body. Oh my God. I love it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'll begin. Body crazy, curvy, wavy, big titties. Lil waist, body, adi, 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 adi. Num, 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 num. Eat it up, foreplay. Okay, three, two, one. You know I'm the hottest. You ain't ever gotta heat me up. <sighs> the category is body. Look at the way it's sitting. Yeah, the ratio's so out of control. If I wasn't me and I would have seen myself, I would have bought me a drink, hey. Took me home, did me long, ate it with the panties on. Uh, uh, uh. You're too good at this. I could build a house with all the brick I got. Yeah, bitches spend a lifetime trying to get this hot. Trying to get this hot. Sarah Nicole Lynch. (laughs) Find her on all social media platforms at The Birds Papaya. Listen to the Papaya podcast for more positivity, life lessons, and affirmations just like the ones we just shared. Well, not like that, but you get it. Thank you, Sarah. Ho days. Ho days. (laughs) Okay, next time you're in LA, you call me and I will take you far away from the Kardashians. Okay. Uh, okay. Or we'll go to them if you want another hug from Chloe. We'll we'll make it work. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sarah Nicole Landry. I'm telling you, there are not enough air horn sound effects on earth for that woman. Everything she said was worthy of a sound effect. Like she's just, she's wise. She's poetic. She brought me to tears for the first time on this show, which I did not expect to happen. So bonus points for that. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was just like, just one I needed to hear again. And that is it. For this week's mid-season banger, next week I'm dragging Evan back on here for our official review of the Scandinavian sleep method. Did it save our marriage? Could it save yours? Find out. I mean, the results of our experiment are truly mind-blowing. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you for getting tickets to my stand-up special taping, by the way, in March in Toronto. Um, It is going to be the most fun night out, and I am already just so grateful to the hundreds and hundreds of you who have already gotten your tickets and are going to be there with me. It's going to be a special night that we share together one time only. Tickets are linked in the description of this episode. And have an incredible week. Talk next Thursday. Okay, perfect. Bye. Phone the Friend was created by our mom, Jessie Crookson. The executive producers are Jessie Crookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Rio Gatika. We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.